Ah, she was 15 when I first laid eyes on her at my 16th birthday party. And the girl I was going with never got a look in after that. <laughs> so 51 years married on Saturday. I'm Celia Filkey, and you're listening to Messages of Hope. We're lying in bed one day and I'm just sort of leaning on my elbows like this and she's there looking up at me and talking and she just said, who are you? It's ripped me apart. It's hard to imagine what it would feel like when the person you've loved for 50 years doesn't know who you are. Stay tuned for John's inspiring story of loyalty and love. John, you were smitten by Maureen when you were 16. You are keen to get married. Can you tell us how that all came about? <laughs> when she was 18, we both decided it was a good move to get married. There was no question in either of our minds. And uh, so we went to Maureen's folks and said, you know, we'd like to get married. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, her mother said, absolutely not. She's got to be at least 21. And she was 18 when she got married. Um, so I thought, not telling me what I can and can't do, this is going to be my wife, you know. So I took him to court. <laughs> Terrible thing to do. <laughs> took him to court and won the case. The judge said we were of age and I could support her because I was running the service station. Anyway, I went around to get her after that and she said, no, I don't think it's wise. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> so we waited till she was 21. Her birthday's the 3rd of August. We got married on the 29th of August. <laughs> so 51 years married on Saturday. You went on to have three kids, you became a pastor, and you both travelled and ran businesses together. Maureen was quite a major support and partner for you in that, wasn't she? When we were running business, goodness. She did all the banking and running around with the kids and the business and everything else. She's always done the books, paid all the bills, gone on the computer and done all... I can turn mine on. <laughs> she is just an extremely clever girl. And seeing her now, you know, there's just nothing there. It's awful. Maureen was diagnosed with dementia around 2012, which has obviously had a major impact on you both. What were some of the everyday things that changed? She came to me and she says, can I make you a cup of tea? And she boiled the kettle. And we've got one of those juices that plug into 240 volt power and it was just sitting there on the bench because I used it quite a bit. And um, she promptly poured the water straight into it. Thankfully, I was there and I ripped the plug out and uh, emptied it out. And that's the last time she's ever made a cup of tea. She, I mean, she'll often, Valerie, our friend, will, at that stage was cooking a Sunday meal for us, which was very gracious of her. And Maureen would feel bad. She'd say, what can I do to help? And Val say, can you set the table, love? So she'd open the drawer and just stand there and stare at it. No idea. We're lying in bed one day and I'm just sort of leaning on my elbows like this and she's there looking up at me and talking and she just said, who are you? Oh. Ripped me apart. This is Messages of Hope. We're talking with John about life with his wife, Maureen, after being diagnosed with dementia. Government came in with this lady and did a check on her and just said she's high care. What's that mean? She needs to go into care. And uh, it blew me away. 
you know, I think there's years waiting and knowing that she was going to have to go into care, thinking, well, that could be Aldinga, Strathalban, Gawler, and to get Hope Valley, and this has got such a good reputation. So to get into here was, was a miracle, provision of God. I didn't really like the room, to be very frank, because it's shared. I'd rather be on her own with an ensuite, but the staff there I can't speak too highly on. They're wonderful. And she, I know she's being looked after. So what's your relationship like with Maureen now, now that she's in full-time care and you're not living together anymore? You know, I visit her every day pretty well, unless I'm crook. I mean, she lights up when I walk in the room. I've been wondering where you are. <laughs> and it's a bit of a joke, you know, so I appreciate that. My normal practice is to be there 3.30 or so till 5. And then... You know, do it. You know, we lie on the bed and have a cuddle and a sleep, and I just stroke her face and she relaxes. And then I get her up and do her hair and put makeup on her and make sure she's dressed properly and take her up to the dining area. At the moment, she can feed herself, so I leave her to it. A lot of people find it really difficult to visit their loved one, and maybe even harder to leave them at the end of the visit. I've got to confess, there are times I'm too chicken. I can't face it. Ah. Oh. And that's where I've just got to melt away. Mm-hmm. Normally, if one of the staff come up and talk to her, I'll just look them in the eye and, you know, walk backwards and she doesn't know. And that's when they said, don't look back. So how do you keep going back day after day, year after year? How do you keep going? I get told off by different ones for going in too much, but I'm sure very well-meaning lady come to me and goes, oh, I'm broken up. She said, you've got to get on with your life now. What do you mean? You know, get new relationships. No way. I'm married. Till death do us part. In sickness and in health. We've had the health, you know. She's had her turns over the years. We've had malaria, both of us. And I really, really struggle to see why people can just turn their backs on their part- partner. I could no more do that than fly to the moon. She's my wife. I hate this. I absolutely loathe it. (laughs) Uh, I just don't want to let her down, but so hard. I just don't know what to do. It is a day-by-day experience. It's not like she's just away for a while or she's got some disease they can cure. She's gone. John, there's no denying the pain of watching the person you love kind of disappear. Where do you find the strength to keep visiting and stay committed to loving her during this really difficult time? I know God loves me, loves Maureen. He's got our best interests at heart and this is our journey. But it's hard to handle. I have punched the wall a few times. (laughs) So how do you make sense of it? As someone said years ago, you know, we look up and we go, well, my life's a mess, but God's looking down on the tapestry and it all makes sense to him. And, and he's got a reason for this. And in the early days, I was saying to Maureen, you know, these people here, you've got opportunity to love them. And she does. She goes up and puts her arm around people and the noses are running and, you know, she's so sweet and they all love her. And what about you, John? Have you found a new purpose in this community? 
I've got this unit, which I'm so grateful for. I've got everything I could ever need. And I mean, I'm volunteering everywhere. And the lady that runs the disposal shops, 87, I think, ready to pull back and looking at me to take it over. I'm not sure about that. And then some other guy came to me, Dennis, and he just said, can you help me with the bread? And I love that because I'm really meeting an awful lot of people. We pick up bread from a bakery, which to $300 worth of bread and cakes and pasties and stuff, loaded into the car, and then we go around at least 60 homes, there's about 300 in here, and deliver it to those people that really need it. And we have a lot of fun. I ding-dong the bell and run to the next one, and ding-dong, oh, John, hello, John, you know, people, I don't even know who they are, but they know me. So it reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> so it's been good. John, it's been four years since Maureen needed full-time care. How is Maureen now? She had a seizure to September two years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's two and a half years nearly. And then they said, oh, maybe she'll last two weeks. Well, here we are two years later and she yeah. still just lies there. Can't, can't do anything, can't talk, can't... No, it's horrible. But, you know, I walk up to her and sometimes I get just this... Because she's got the Parkinson, I get this slightest grin. That moves me to tears. Yeah, yeah. I sit and hold her hand or try to. And that's okay? She lets you? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feed her her afternoon tea and, uh, yeah, she's in control. She knows, no, nah, don't want any more. But I say, I love you. And occasionally you'll get a love you too. Wow. <laughs> that moves me. Yeah. That's uh, very rare now. So what do you hold on to, John? That thing there, the best is yet to come. I read that to her, or I tell her that every day. Sweetie, you're going to get a new head, and you'll know who I am and what we can do, and forget the new body, I'll get a new heart. So, because she leans on me, and she can hear me pounding away, it's so loud. We joke about that. So I know I'll be with her when we're both whole. (laughs) Heaven, we're going there, (laughs) sooner or later. The best is yet to come. That's our faith. You've been listening to Messages of Hope. For more encouragement for coping with a difficult experience like dementia, go to messagesofhope.org.au or for the free booklet, Dementia, call 1800 353 350. That's 1800 353 350. I'm Celia Filkey from Messages of Hope, part of the Lutheran Church where love comes to life. I hope you can join us next week for another message of hope.